the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock and we are underway. It is a Thursday, the 11th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2021. I don't need to tell this audience what that means. I will talk a little bit about what that means, however, in our opening monologue. Uh, when I say I don't have to tell you, it doesn't mean I'm not going to. It's just that I mean it means I know you're aware because I know you're patriots. And I know you appreciate the freedoms and the liberties we have enjoyed in this country uh, since its founding and until roughly uh, January 20th of this year. That's when our freedoms died, uh, or at least began to die, and they are indeed underground right now. But that is of course, due to no fault whatsoever of the heroes who provided it for us, who watered the tree of liberty with their own blood since the inception of this incredible republic. Yes, today is Veterans Day 2021, and we're going to honor veterans throughout the day just with patriotic music, with some commentary, and coming up in a half an hour with our first guest, as I run down our guest list on this Thursday, um... We we hear all the time about fantastic stories of uh, people just going above and beyond to try to help veterans. I was watching Frank Siller this morning doing an interview. They were they uh, had uh, were prepared to award thirty five mortgage free homes to veterans uh, and also to first responders because they're kind of lumped together through the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And these homes are, of course, made to order for veterans who have suffered catastrophic injuries, losses of limbs, and other types of things during their service to this great country. So there is the Wounded Warriors Project. Um, There are so many different terrific organizations that are there to help those who uh, put it all on the line for this country. 
And I know I'm going to omit some of them if I just start talking about all these organizations, but there's one we are going to um, spend some time on today. And at 9.35, we're going to talk with the gentleman who uh, uh, founded this organization. It's called Second Chance Canine Service Dogs. His name is Travis Hall. And we're going to talk to Travis Hall about a program that I just, I, I love it so much because I, I, I love dogs, first of all. I love their unbridled, um, extraordinary love that they have for humans and particularly for their humans, their owners, if you will. I just love the unconditional relationship that people can have with dogs. And when it comes to veterans suffering through PTSD, probably something they will be suffering with for their entire lives. The joy that they get when they get matched up with a service dog from Second Chance Canine Service Dogs is simply incredible. I watched some videos. I listened and read some testimonials from veterans whose lives would be, quite frankly, unmanageable were it not for the dogs that they were matched up with and paired up with to help them get through the times of extraordinary pain and anxiety and stress and depression and despair and suicidal thoughts. All of that is a part of PTSD because of people, men and women, who fought for this country, who fought for this great republic, who fought for you and for me and for all of us. Uh, it's, just a, it's, it's just an extraordinary thing. Now, of course, there is nothing that can eliminate PTSD in everybody or even help alleviate their conditions or their symptoms. Uh, there's just nothing because there are far too many that suffer from it. But every veteran that gets one of these dogs and can have his uh, trauma or her trauma reduced in some way, alleviated in some way by these remarkable animals, that's a story worth telling, and that's a story worth donating to as well. So that's coming up. Just a little teaser for you, because I'm very passionate about this. I just I love this very much. Travis Hall will join us to talk about Second Chance Canines. That'll be at 935 at 1010. Dr. Everett Piper is going to thank God for moms who stood up and saved their kids in Virginia on Election Day and around the country. Uh, also going to thank God for Josh Hawley, who is saving men. Saving men in the face of constant criticism and adversity from those who don't believe men should be manly anymore. That this country suffers from the patriarchy and toxic masculinity. Josh Hawley in the United States Senate is stepping up and standing up in the face of all of that criticism and is defending manhood and how it is essential for us to continue to survive and to thrive as a culture and as a country. And then at 1035, Pastor Jeff Toring. You hear him sometimes on this radio station during commercials for Liberty Valley Church. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. We had him on a few months back, and I wanted to have him on again because every time I hear one of the commercials and I hear part of his sermons, I just get moved. I get moved to action. I get just feel like I want to rise up right now. Uh, we're going to talk to him about using faith to overcome fear, the fear that we have in this country right now of what we're becoming, and also how to use faith to win our culture war. He finds a way to blend faith and modern culture wars uh, in every every sermon. I don't go to his church; a little too far away from me. But I hear the uh, I hear the sermons, and uh, this is this is something we're going to do, and I'm going to look forward to. Travis Hall, Doctor Piper, uh, Pastor Jeff Toring of uh, Liberty Valley Church. Those are our guests today. Now, before we do anything else, would you please join me by rising? <laughs> 
And standing on this Veterans Day 2021, face a flag if you have one nearby. Look out your window and see if a neighbor's got one flying. If you don't, even if you have a picture of one somewhere, pull one up on your computer screen or your phone, whatever you can do. Put your hand on your heart and join us for our Pledge of Allegiance. And on this day, Veterans Day, perhaps more than any other, um, I just want to remind leftists, you don't have to fake it. If you truly do not believe in the flag and the republic that it represents, if you truly do not believe in the greatness of this country, if you do not believe in the exceptionalism of this country, if you do not believe in the men and women who have fought and died to protect this country, then just go ahead and take your knee. We know how you feel about it. We don't want you posing, uh, which I think does more of a disrespect to our veterans than even, uh, even taking your knee does. So, uh, patriots, join us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, 914 now on Veterans Day 2021. Um... I have, since I started doing the Pledge of Allegiance at the beginning of every show, uh, going back, I don't know, about a year now maybe? I think maybe a little over a year. I can't quite remember exactly when we started it. Almost invariably, uh, probably once a week, at least once or twice every two weeks, I get somebody saying, love the Pledge of Allegiance. Bob, have you ever heard Red Skelton? <laughs> and I, of course, chuckled myself and I say, yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard of Red Skelton. Can you play it sometime? Okay, sure. Uh, and I do. And, and, I, and I played it probably six months ago. I uh, don't know exactly the reason or the occasion, but I felt it was important at that time to do it. And I feel like there is no other time more appropriate than on Veterans Day 2011. So what I want to do now, before our first break of the hour, is I want to go ahead and give you this. It's four minutes long. It's not a four-minute Pledge of Allegiance. It's a four-minute deconstruction of the Pledge of Allegiance, word by word and line by line, so that when you say it, it's not just something that you say by rote memorization. When you say it, whether it be at a meeting, an event, or on this program, don't just let the words pass from your brain to your lips absent thought, because it's from memory. Think about each word. Think about what they mean when you pledge allegiance to this flag. That's what Red Skelton did, and I wish I had the year in front of me. I don't know exactly what year he did this on, on live television, but it was, it was a phenomenal thing as he told, tells the story of, of the, the real true meaning of the Pledge of Allegiance. So I think this is worth our time on Veterans Day 2021. Please listen very carefully. I think you're really, if you've already heard this, of course, I know you're going to be glued. If you've never heard Red Skelton explaining the Pledge of Allegiance, this is going to be a very special treat for you. Well, I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I only, I went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. And I left home when I was 10 years old because I was hungry. And I used to, this is, this is true. I work in the summer and I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. 
And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell. And he says, uh... <laughs> he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom, wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representative chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation and justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others, for all, for all, which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too?
Wednesday, 2021. Thank you, sailors, all sailors who have served in this great country, whether you were in combat or not. You wore the uniform. You put it all on the line. You did exactly what it, what was asked of you. And because of you, this great, uh, great republic has survived and thrived throughout its history. And we will indeed reclaim our liberties. We will indeed do so. And it may indeed be with the help of people like you. Thank you, sailors. I'm going to thank every branch of the service as the morning goes on. We're going to play as much patriotic music, as many military themes as we can, as we say thank you to those who have given us this great gift of freedom in the United States. I want to spend a few minutes here before the bottom of the hour talking about uh, the assault on our criminal justice system that we are witnessing right now in uh, Wisconsin. Um, We know the story of Kyle Rittenhouse by now. What you may not know is literally how unbelievably dirty, underhanded, and deceptive the, the, uh, the state and the prosecutor in this case uh, is willing to be how low they are willing to go in order to advance the social justice cause. The social justice cause will only be advanced by convicting a young white kid who was 17 at the time of the events last summer of defending himself. That's right. Convict him of defending himself. That sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of does, but it's not inaccurate. Anybody who has watched any coverage whatsoever of this case since last year has seen the videos, has seen him being chased, have seen videos of him being beaten about the head with a skateboard, have seen uh, him uh, fighting from the ground to stop those who are assaulting him and ultimately having to shoot three times, shot three people, two of them died, one of them was wounded. We all know that this is a classic case of self-defense, one that should never have been brought up on murder charges. But this is what I mean when I say the death of the criminal justice system and the birth, or at least the growth, of the social justice system. Kyle Rittenhouse is on trial because uh, we need to advance social justice. You see, there was a BLM riot in progress, and doggone it, BLM rioters should be allowed to riot in private and not be interrupted by people going around and putting out some of their fires. That's what Kyle Rittenhouse was trying to do. BLM should be able to victimize as many people as possible without bystanders coming by with medical kits trying to help them. That's what Kyle Rittenhouse was trying to do. BLM riots represent the best of us. Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots are protected as they are protected classes in our 2020 and now 2021 culture. And for anybody to interfere with that justified um, wonderful American-style rioting, burning of businesses, destruction of cars, destru- theft of property, vandalism, putting Lord knows how many people in very serious danger and Lord knows how many more out of work as their businesses and the places where they work are destroyed. Those things are holy. They're sacrosanct, these riots. If anybody dares interfere with these riots, they must be stopped. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse interfered with the riots. Kyle Rittenhouse tried to put out fires, tried to save people, went around with his medical kit, and yes, had his AR-15 with him because he knew he was going into a riot zone, and he was going to protect himself. And he did. And everybody who has watched it knows it. Yet they brought him up on trial anyway. And now that they are in trial, the prosecution is, is being absolutely decimated, destroyed, not by defense counsel, 
by his, their own prosecution witnesses who have admitted that Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself. One of the three idiots, the one who survived, obviously, that was shot, admitted that Kyle Rittenhouse didn't shoot him until he raised his gun and pointed it at Kyle Rittenhouse's head. Game over. But the game isn't over. And the reason why is because the prosecution knows that if this thing goes to a verdict, they lose, Kyle Rittenhouse walks, and social justice is not served. So they're trying to get a, a uh, mistrial declared. They're trying to tick off the judge, and they're trying to get a mistrial declared so that they, they can then refile the charges and then get the witness to, witnesses who buried their case to say something different. What is happening in that courtroom is just a marvel to behold. You are already, you were, I, I was a, astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I don't know what you're up to. I've seen a lot of public trials play out on television. I've never seen a judge just get this outraged at the conduct of a prosecutor. Just hours ago, I said I had heard nothing in this trial to change any of my rulings. So why? Testimony, Your Honor. Pardon me? That was before the defense testimony. Don't get brazen with me. Uh, uh, you knew very well. You know very well that an attorney can't go into these types of areas when the judge has already ruled without asking outside the presence of the jury to do so. So don't give me that. The criminal trial of, of Kyle uh, Rittenhouse is very clearly a social justice trial, and they know they've lost it. And the only way to salvage this is to get the trial thrown out so they can refile, which is why the defense has correctly moved for a mistrial with prejudice, meaning the judge would find that the prosecution's misconduct was so egregious that the case is dismissed and there can be no refiling of charges. Game over. Kyle Rittenhouse walks free. The judge is expected to rule on that today. We're going to continue to follow that story for you because it's extraordinarily important, not just for one young man, Kyle Rittenhouse, but for the entire criminal justice system. For if self-defense does not exist in the Rittenhouse case, it doesn't exist in American law. It doesn't exist in American criminal law. It is gone forever. You must accept your beatings and accept your attacks and do not fight back or you will be the one going to prison. That's how monumental this case is. All right, it's 931. We're going to take our time out for news here on Veterans Day 2021. And on the other side, we're going to talk about helping veterans, helping those suffering with PTSD in an extraordinary way. That story next on AM 1420, The Authority here on AM 1420. The answer. 
Yes, indeed it is, and it is Veterans Day 2021. And we are honoring all of our veterans, those who lost their lives, and of course those who served and continue uh, to be leaders in this wonderful republic that they have built and that they have defended for us through the entirety of this great country. And uh, we're going to continue. We are going to thank our sailors. We're going to thank our soldiers. We're going to thank our airmen. We're going to thank our Marines. We're going to thank our guardsmen. We're going to thank all of them uh, as this program goes on. And we're going to also do something, anything that we can to try to help them. Now, of course, many, many people, there are wonderful organization, organizations out there, like I've said. You know, certainly the Wounded Warriors Project, uh, the Tunnel to Towers is donating 35 mortgage-free houses to veterans and first responders. Uh, I saw that this morning as well. There are so many great organizations. But there are a lot of veterans who don't qualify for some of those things. Uh, their wounds are internal. Their wounds are psychological. Their wounds are mental. Those who suffer from PTSD. And the question becomes, how can we help uh, veterans who saw and experienced things that traumatized them and that will be with them for the rest of their lives. How can we help them? Well, enter Second Chance Canine Service Dogs. That's one way. I learned about this group uh, several months ago, and we tried to reach out to the founder of this group, and he, uh, of course, had to go actually go away on a military mission, I believe it was. Uh, at any rate, um, we were able to get back in touch with him in time for Veterans Day 2021. And his name is Travis Hall. And he's here to join us now to talk to us about the Second Chance Canine Service Dogs Organization. Travis, thank you so very much for coming on with us. How are you this morning? I'm great, man. Thank you so much for having us. It's, uh, oh. it's an honor. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a real honor to be on here. Well, it's an honor to talk with you, and uh, and, and I, I don't throw the word hero around very casually. A lot of people overuse that word, but my goodness gracious, what you have done uh, with your you know your own service to this country and what you are doing now for veterans who continue to suffer PTSD is simply remarkable. Tell us about your own military experience before we start talking about what you're doing with uh, Second Chance. Oh, yeah. So um, I joined the Army in 1997. I'm 24 years deep this month, actually. Um, I uh, started as a ranger. Thank you. I started as a ranger and, uh, you know, kind of progressed into being a, a Green Beret. Um, I got picked to be a special forces and medical sergeant, which is one of the tougher jobs in special forces. Uh, and then, you know, it just kind of like had a really awesome career from there. You know, I, I during my time in, in active duty, I, uh, I was able to deploy seven times with my group. Um, I was able to do four of those deployments with a, uh, a canine. And that was just like, uh, man, when I look back at my career and the things that, uh, that dog and I did together, uh, I'm just, that's what I'm most proud of, you know, like the things that he and I were able to do, the people that we were able to save, um, like save their lives, you know, and then the impacts we made on, on people, you know, together, just, you know, it's just the highlight of my career. And and it's not a very, uh, (laughs) you know, if you think about it, it's not a very, uh, lucrative you know or you know it's not a command or anything like that i mean it's straight up just going overseas with a dog you know and so i'm, I'm well, super stoked got the opportunity we will we will talk about bear here in a moment i want to talk about more about your experiences with him and what that meant to you and what that relationship meant to you um but i just i just have to follow up on what you just said a second ago when i talk to veterans um they talk about their deployments and they talk about their tours and they talk about where they were sent <laughs> 
I found it very interesting the way you phrased it a moment ago when you said you were able to serve seven tours. You were able to go overseas seven times. Almost sounds like I was blessed with the opportunity to. I asked to. I wanted oh. to. I was given a great gift by being uh, being allowed to go over there and fight against enemies of the United States and enemies of freedom. I I just find that fascinating that you it, you know you describe it as something that you were blessed to be able to do rather than something you felt like you had to do to to protect us. I mean there's definitely a feeling of of service and gratitude that goes in. So there's definitely a drive in my mind to want to serve, you know, to to almost like I felt like it was my obligation to serve, you know, and and I and I'm I'm proud of what we accomplished. I'm proud of the things that I was able to do with my teammates. Um, I, you know, for me, it was, it was my honor to serve, you know, not everyone is, uh, able to, you know, step up and, and, and to raise their hand, you know, to be able to, to do what I was able to do, you know, uh, you know, whether it be a medical condition or just not the right time, you know, I, I'm truly blessed to have done the things that I, that I've done for our country and to see the things that I've seen for our country. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of like war and stuff like that involved, but there's also just a lot of humanity involved in it, you know, like being able to go to these other countries and make a difference in, in someone's life is, you know, it's the green beret way, you know, like if you want to be a green beret and you want to be like a soldier ambassador, then try out for special forces because that's, that's the essence of who we are and what we try to do. Yeah, those Green Berets—they're real badasses. That line always—that <laughs> that line has always stuck with me from First Blood. I'm sure you—you you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when they were, when they, when uh, in in the original First Blood, when uh, you know Rambo was was uh, you know having that clash with the sheriff, and they were trying to track him down, and he was doing everything that he could in the woods to uh, you know save himself. And and that line from the one deputy there said, "Those Green Berets—they're real badasses." I think of that anytime <laughs> I talk to one of you I, guys. I don't, I, I don't feel like a badass. I feel like you know I feel. <laughs> Like I was just given like the right opportunity and the right situations, and you know, like I just uh, made made work out of you know made made everything that was presented to us fun and functional, you know, and try to get the mission done. Well, Travis, listen, that's that's what makes you a badass. Real badasses don't flex their badassery, they, they, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, they don't because they don't have to, and that's what makes no. you what you are, and, and everybody who is in special forces. So, thank you for that, Travis. Let's talk about Bear. Let's talk about your dog oh. who was with you for those four trips to Iraq. Tell me about everything that you experienced and um, what it meant to you. Man, he was such a cool dog. So Bear is like the epitome of being a Green Beret. You know, like he just was that he was that statesman, he was that he was that soldier, he was that badass, you know, like this is a dog that, you know, had confirmed kills, you know, and had, you know, taken out several of the super high level bad dudes. But at the same time, like, would, like, snuggle up against the team guys and be like, just love me for the things I did tonight, you know? And so he was just such a good dog, and he was able to, you know, turn that 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 persona on that, that I was asking him to be, whether it be... He, so he did three things. He looked for bombs, and he would tell us if there was bombs. He tracked people. So, like, if a bad guy, we call it squirting or running away... You know, if a bad guy runs away, it was on bear to kind of track him down. And then he, uh, he was a bite dog, you know, so he was, he was like a triple threat, which is a very uncommon thing in the dog world. You can get a dog to do one or two things, but for them to do three different levels of, uh, you know, tasks, it's just, 
it's pretty unheard of. And so in himself, he was a green beret that it took a, it took us a bunch of dogs to find him, you know? And so, but man, let me tell you, I'm actually looking at a picture of him right now. He looks down on me every day at my desk and I, I miss him so much. And, and, uh, he was just the best dog in the kennel. He was the dog that everybody wanted to run. He was the dog that, you know, when the team would find out that bear was in country, they were like submitting their request to have bear come to the team house and go on missions with him because he, you know, he was just so cool. Wow. You know, like it, I kind of felt like, uh, like he was the superstar and I was just the douchebag holding the leash, you know? And so, which I was totally cool with. Um, he, he was just that cool of a dog, you know, like that everybody wanted him there. Not only for his laid back personality in the team house, but his, his just ability to do work. You know, he was just, he was that, that, that good of a dog. You know, the, Travis Hall is my guest with uh, Second Chance Canine Service Dogs. The love that I can hear in your voice for, for Bear almost makes him sound like your brother, uh, you know, and not your dog. <laughs> but, but, I mean, seriously, and I can understand that. Now, tell me about the trauma. Um, you know, we, we talk about PTSD all the time in, in veterans. Um, Bear suffered from PTSD when you guys parted ways uh, oh, before, you were, yeah. before you were allowed to eventually adopt him. Tell us that. Yeah, story. it's 100%. Bear just didn't thrive. Uh, I left active duty service, in, uh, and I went and pursued uh, contracting and other guard stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't get to keep Bear right away. Uh, Bear was such a good dog. Everybody wanted, you know, everybody was chomping at the bit to get to run Bear next, you know. And, mm -hmm. and unfortunately... Um, Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, Bear just didn't do well when I left. He he went very recluse. He just didn't want to be around people. He started getting aggressive with people, even when they were trying to do simple tasks for him, like clean out his kennel or take him for a break. You know, he started he just started to deteriorate and go downhill. And a lot of that was just because my separation from the military was rather abrupt. You know, like I literally got back from a deployment with Bear. And two months later, I was out of the army, you know, and so, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, handover time between Bear and anyone else. Um, the other thing was he did have PTSD, you know, he he saw things that he and I saw together that were, you know, just, you know, not natural, you know, like war, war stuff, you know, stuff that you, you know, think, thankfully I got to go through it with him because later on he and I partnered and fought our issues together, you know, and so, wow. you know it just was one day the kennel just got sick of him being a jerk and called me and said, Hey, you know, like, come, can you come help us take care of this dog? He doesn't respond to anyone, but you, you know? And so we ended up kind of breaking him out of jail, you know, like went there, um, just to hang out with him. And my buddy was the kennel master and he handed me the packet and he said, you know, I've already got it cleared to the command, get your dog and get him the hell out of here. We're tired of him biting everyone, you know? And so, legit threw him in the back of the car you know and we're like driving away and he's looking back you know and he's my wife and i are uh together and he's like he just had this look on his face like i just broke him out of jail you know and he was like let's do this you know and you know amazing. the amazing thing about bear was that's that's what he needed he just needed to come home with us um so that he could transition his military life to his civilian life which became protecting my family you know um i was still actively deploying nine to 10 months a year after I got out of the military and uh, bear was the one who kept my family safe when I was gone. You know, he was, he was always the one looking out for my, my wife and my son. And, 
that you know, story, God bless for it. That story yeah. of your bond, Travis, is incredible. Now, anybody who has ever had a dog, much less a relationship like yours, because this, you know, nobody else can really replicate that, especially going through the trauma of explosions and things at war, like you say. Uh, but anybody who's ever had a dog, uh, you know, a family dog understands that the worst part of the bond you form with the dog is that it has to end. And generally yeah. speaking, in very yeah. short, in very short orders, you know, especially larger dogs, you know, eight to 10, 11 years, maybe oftentimes is their lifespan. So, you know, when bear, uh, when bear passed, you didn't, you didn't get left empty handed, right? Uh, tell me, no, about, tell so, me about Baron. <laughs> so bear was such a good dog and he just, he did everything I needed him to do both in the military and in retirement. And, uh, you know, I, I, technically you're not supposed to let them have puppies and stuff. Well, bear broke through a door, like ate through a door. And, uh, he ended up having puppies with this other rescue that we had picked up. Um, so I mean, good out of a bad, you know, so, uh, we, we gave, we donated all the puppies to, to veterans and then, uh, we kept one who was kind of a troublemaker and she hated me. She hated my guts. She wanted nothing to do with me. I came home from a deployment, and she would bite me. She would, like, tear into me. She just wanted nothing to do with me. Um, you know, I, I had she was born while I was gone on a 10-month-er, you know, and so I came home, and she was like, who is this dude, and what does he think he's doing in my house, you know? And so it just for, like, a year, her and I had this, like, very troubled relationship until I knew Bear was getting older, and I and I and I had hopes that you know she would pick up his torch and start coming with me everywhere and start you know doing the things that that Bear did for me. So I just threw her in the truck one day. Uh, my wife swore I was taking her out the woods to like let her go because we just we had that we had that bad of a relationship, and uh, just threw her in the truck one day, took her with us, and and I think just Bear had a talk with her and said, uh, you know, um, he just knew he wasn't going to make it much longer. And so he, he gave her a talk and she became my dog. And for the last nine years, uh, she's been my service dog. So, well, I'll yeah, tell you just, what, Travis, I, I've been so just on the edge of my seat listening to your stories of your, your time with Bear and your time with Bear Inn and all of this that I haven't really given enough time to the, the, the organization. So uh, spend a minute telling me about Second Chance Canine Service Dogs. How do you get dogs for veterans who are suffering, who need that companionship, who need somebody who, you know, who understands them and what their needs are to help them through whatever their ordeals are? Tell me how this works. Yeah, so we are a rescue first. So we don't do puppies. Uh, we, we do do puppies if they're rescues, but we are 100% a rescue. Um, I've seen a need for rescues for these higher drive dogs that uh, the regular uh, vet pound and veterinary offices don't understand. So what we've done is we've started our organization, and we scoop in and we rescue these, uh, these neglected, unwanted, abused, whatever the case is, dogs. And uh, we rehab them first and let them be dogs and let them get over the traumas that they, that they went through and, and endured. And if I think that the, they have the aptitude, I, I start, I train all of them, but if I think they have the aptitude, I start training uh, the ones that are just cream of the crop to be service dogs for veterans. And uh, the reason we work with the dogs we work with, which is Malinois, German Shepherds, you know, the higher drive dogs, is because my guys are all former special operations, you know, and they have this just deep trust in the breed. You know, they've seen the things that Bear did for them. They've, they've been overseas and had their lives saved and impacted by these dogs. So there's just an immediate trust and bond with these dogs. And they all, they all know what they're getting into getting a Malinois because they've all been overseas with, like, the cream of the crop, the most 
outstanding dogs you can find. And so by rescuing these dogs and, and rehabbing them and turning them into service dogs for these veterans, we're really kind of giving a new lease on life for both the veteran and the rescue. You know, the veteran is saving the rescue and the rescue is saving the veteran. Um, and that's, it's the, not that's the relationship that I wanted to highlight because uh, that makes so much sense. I mean, the dogs need, uh, you know, their people, their veterans, and the veterans need the, uh, you know, what they get from uh, from these mm-hmm. service dogs. So uh, I'm out of time here, Travis. Travis, I'm out of time here, so I want to hit right, get right to the donations here. I want people to be able to help you and your organization pair rescue dogs with special op veterans suffering from PTSD. Uh, how do people donate? They can donate via the website. It's just secondchancecanine.com. Um, we have a Patreon that we're trying really hard to, to grow. So if you just look us up on Patreon, uh, you can ju- you can jump on Patreon for the price of a cup of coffee. Um, you know, we're all over social media, you know, following our YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all of those helps us out a ton. Um, you know, we have we, we try to post a video a week on YouTube. So that's a really good way to keep up with the rescue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to direct donate, the website's your best bet. We uh, we have an amazing website that was built with love and care, and it kind of tells the story of who we are and, and what we're trying to do. And, and excuse me, um, it's just one. Of, it's just it's it's our it's our life now. You know, this yeah. is what we were. This is what we're here to do. I have looked at the uh, website. I watched the video, and I read a couple of the stories too of uh, some of the some of the service dogs that have been paired. It is a remarkable thing. I encourage everybody, if you can, like like Travis just said, for a cup of coffee, five dollars a month, you could donate to this organization or whatever you can donate uh, will be so well spent. Secondchancek9.com, just like it sounds. Yep. Secondchancek9.com. Travis Hall, thank you for sharing the story. Thank you for your service to our country. Thank Bear for his service to our country and and, and seriously we we appreciate you so very much not just on veterans day but every day thank you travis yeah man it was my honor dude i'm i'm proud to have done it thank you sir god bless all right there you go uh it's 9 56 we're way late we'll come right back after this well there's pride in every american heart and it's time we stand and say An American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the man who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today, cause there ain't no doubt I love this land, God bless the USA. We are thanking our sailors, we are thanking our soldiers, and now with the Air Force anthem, we are thanking our airmen, Veterans Day 2021. Thank you so very much, everybody, who had laid it all on the line and continues to do so. All of those active duty personnel, you count as veterans as well, and we certainly appreciate you. Thank you to Travis, by the way. What a phenomenal story he just told, and what tremendous work that he's doing and they are doing at... Um, 
uh, Second Chance Canine, uh, you, you want to help, please do so. Go and go to that website, secondchancecanine.com, just like we talked about. A tremendous opportunity there to help rescues, help veterans, and help veterans help rescues. It's such a great symbiotic relationship. Coming up uh, on this Veterans Day edition of The Authority, uh, we are going to talk about stories that are going on today as well. And Dr. Everett Piper's got a couple of good ones for us. We're going to talk to Dr. Piper after the top of the news about moms who stood up and saved their kids in Virginia and beyond. And we're going to talk about the ongoing fight to save our kids. And Josh Hawley, I'm going to talk to Dr. Piper about Senator Hawley, who is fighting to save men. And I mean men who are masculine. I mean the patriarchy, the toxic masculinity that everybody wants to dump on right now is needed in this country now more than ever. Josh Hawley is taking the attacks. He is warding off the arrows, and he is continuing to share that message. And I know it's one that Dr. Piper believes in, too, so we're going to talk to him about that. And more coming up after the top of the hour news on this edition of the Authority AM 1420. We took a little bacon and we took a little beans And we caught the bloody British in a town in New Orleans We fired our guns and the British kept a coming There wasn't as many as there was a while ago we fired once more and they began to run On down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 